Holy Spirit is here this morning. Jesus is here this morning. When we worshipped, the Holy Spirit brought the scripture to me in Psalm, Psalms 84 that says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage. And Holy Spirit, as we are here this morning, I pray that you will prepare our hearts, Lord God, again to receive your word this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just come and still our minds, our thoughts, our, our beings, Lord, that we can be here, here in your presence, that we can sense your presence and experience you. And let the, 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 the troubles of the world not affect us this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are a God that moves. And as the song says, Lord, miracles happen when you move. I pray, Lord, let us be a church that move with you, that your manifest presence will be with us as a church. Yes, Lord God, we want to see more of you, Lord Jesus. We want to see more of who you are and what you do. Thank you, Jesus, that you are not ordinary, that you are extraordinary. Thank you that we can serve an extraordinary God. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your Father heart. We thank you, Lord, that you know us all by name. We are not just a number or not just another person, but you know us all individually, Lord God. And because of that, Father, we know that you want to speak to us as individuals. You've got something for every one of us here this morning. And I just pray as well, Holy Spirit, that you will fill this atmosphere and bring in an atmosphere of faith this morning. That our hearts are expectant for what you are about to do. Yes, Lord, we are always as children expectant for some gift from our Father. And we know, Lord God, you've got many gifts for your children. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just take a few more uh, 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 moments within yourself and, and ask the Holy Spirit this morning to show you something, to talk to you about something that's in your heart. S 
something about your emotions, something about your physical well-being. If there's any questions in your mind, ask it now for the Holy Spirit that He will reveal that to you throughout the service this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can be in your presence this morning. We bless your name, Lord God. We thank you that we can have communion with you this morning as a church and a family, but also have communion with, with you, Lord God, because you are here. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. can all take our seats. Good morning. Uh, Today is going to be a good day. Um, I've got a very big expectancy on my heart for what the Lord is about to do this morning. Um, we've, we've seen this last few weeks that God is moving. He's not standing still. His kingdom is not standing still. He's always doing something, and he's always doing something new, and it, it's, it's a constant thing. Um, just bef bef before we go into the offering, um, yesterday we had a, uh, a woman's event. <laughs> it, it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was intense, just three men here, but, but we survived it. We, we, we are all here this morning, so we are safe. Um, when we left yesterday, Jock said, okay, um, it, w it was good. Not once did he feel intimidated. <laughs> so, awesome, awesome. Inspired. But um, it's it just, just one thing that, that I want to mention is we've, we've seen uh, um, these last few weeks that we hear the, the, the feedback from people that there's, there's so much that the Lord is doing within us as individuals and us as in church. And um, I'm going to, but um, yesterday, while they had a, a preaching, teaching thing here in front, like we were at the sound desk, so I didn't notice. Um, the people got healed. There was one, yesterday there was one lady that she came in with an issue, uh, issue in the shoulder. She, she couldn't sort of lift it up. And if she did, she couldn't like breathe normally because it hurt. And while Marissa was preaching, the pain went away, the flexibility came back, everything back to normal. And, and again, that is a Lord, a God that moves. When he moves, miracles happen because why? Where God moves, there he is. There his glory is. So uh, uh, things happen. 
things happen. So for us, as well as individuals, and, and that's why we always say, come expectant to church, is we're always expecting the Lord to do something, and He loves to do something when we expect Him to. And when he, we want Him to, then we see it, and it begins to happen. And slowly, worldwide, and years well, that's why I'm so excited, is, is you, you, you begin to see these things. It's not just something that you hear from someone from another place over there on the internet. It's now here. It's in living word here. You bloody squirrel soul in the rosewood on a Saturday, a hot Saturday morning. So be expectant. The Lord is about to do something big in this place. Amen. I mean, but I've, I'm going to talk a lot still to come. So, um, time for the offering. Um, Rian, if you can come and share for us the word. Thank you. Good morning, church. Hope everyone had a good weekend. I got the privilege this morning to bring you the offering message. And it's quite a privilege to be here. Um, I told Johannes this morning, and I'm going to share it quickly. This is something that has been convicting in my heart, very big. And when, I've, when he asked me to share the message, I told Ina, my wife, the conviction is here. And it's true. It's something I think we all struggle with. And we don't know why we always tired. And why we tied if we sow back into God's kingdom? Without sowing seed, we cannot grow any crops. Without growing crops, we cannot grow our kingdom or God's kingdom. So it's, it's something big for myself as well, and I think I'm preaching to myself also. Just something about tithing. Um, we always hear we must tithe. But why do we tithe and what is tithing? The tithing is the practice or act of tithing provides a regular reminder of our dependence on God. In good times, tithing helps us to remember that God is the source of all blessings. As all our blessings belong to God, so we give back to Him what belongs to Him. Everything that we own is God's in the kingdom. I've got three scriptures that spoke to my heart greatly. And I've been convicted on these scriptures also. And for me, they follow into each other. And the first one is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Not just one occasion. Every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So it's not whose generosity, your generosity will show others thanksgiving. Acts 20 verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must keep the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How many times we just receive? But it's also a blessing to give. The joy you, 
you see in someone else when they receive something from you. You might have only a little, but you can make someone else happy by giving your little to them as it will be much worth to them. The last one, Matthew 6 verse 21. And I think we've heard this many times before, but it spoke to my heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it shows you greatly where your heart will be, where you will sow. There's always a need to sow. Just something small that I would like to share also. I think it's important for us to remember to do. The Lord has graciously given us what finances we have, and we should use them for His glory. Let us honor Him in how we spend each cent and give back to Him what is already His. This was uh, something that, and I think my tithing will also grow from this. It's something small, but I think we can all take something home on this. You're also welcome to, to sow and pay today, your seed. We have paid today, you can just search Living Word, and then I'm going to pray for us. They can keep your, your seat in your hand. Lord, I come to you today in honor in your house. I present my tithe and my offering to you as a gift and sacrifice of your honor. I believe that you will bless me and that my barns will be filled with plenty and my vats will overflow. I stand on your word and act on my faith. Amen. Offering team, you can receive the offering first. Thank you. All right. Uh, before we start, let's pray. We thank you, Lord, again for this amazing morning. We thank you, Lord, God, that again we are still in a place where we can freely worship you, share the good news, and have you as our Father in heaven. Yes, Lord, God, it's only by your hand and by your insight that we gain an understanding of who you are and what your crucifixion meant for us and that you are a provider. And I pray, Lord, that when I share the word this morning, Lord God, that I will communicate in a way that it'll pierce the hearts of the people, that it'll bring a new understanding of who you are and what your communion means before us all. And I pray, Lord, that you will send your angels to walk amongst us, amongst us and and just a minister to our people, Lord God, but also to protect us from anything that wants to distract. If it's any, anything from, from this last week, Lord God, I pray that you will remove those distractions now, that our focus can be on you and you alone this morning. And we bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. So, 
Today I'm going to speak about Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 5. Um, it's a story we, I think we all know that scripture. It's about communion. But I will, I will share something that the Lord put on my heart, that there's, there's some aspect about a, a, a communion that we never or rarely think about when we have a communion on a Sunday, and it's, it's, it's something that we don't always recognize, because normally what we do is we have a sermon, at the end of this, this, this sermon we, we have a quick talk about a communion, and then we have it, and it's the end of this, the service, and we go home. Um, but there's so much more to it, and I hope that, that through what I'll sh sh share today, it'll open up new insights for us all about what a communion means. So I hope you guys are ready for it, and yeah, it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a good service. Um, so if we can take our Bibles and turn to Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, and we're going to start from verse 4 to 5. Is also a bit of feedback over there, right? It's okay. Okay. Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 5. And I'm going to read from the New King James Version. And it says the following. Oh, let me get my Bible. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. And verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. I'm going to read that again. Surely he was born, sh surely he has borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So, today I want to talk about the, the effects that com com communion can have on us when we partake in, in communion. When we talk about the, 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 the provision of God, you know, it's, it's always there. God, as if, if we are unbelievers in Jesus, then we know that He's our provider, and He always and provides. We, we, we can't say that the Lord never, uh, um, never does provide. He always provides. So for us, what we need to do is, is to accept that a provision by faith, because if we do not accept what He wants to provide to us, then how can we receive it? How can we then see His is um, the manifest presence in our lives. So we need to accept what he has. And that's the same, that's also true about Holy Communion. 
So, but um, before I start as well, if, if, if we think about now, um, each one for himself now, if we think about what we see and what we speak about when we talk about uh, communion, uh, for myself, I know that um, when we speak about it, we think about the cross. So we think, okay, Jesus died for us on the cross. Sure, that's, that was intense and everything and done. Okay, so we think about, okay, when he died for us on the cross, he died for our sins. So we ask, Lord, thank you for dying for our sins and forgive our sins. And it's good. That's about sort of the scope that we think about when we talk about um, when we have a, a communion and we, th we, th we think about, okay, when, he d when Jesus uh, died for us on the cross, he also reconciled us back with the Father. Um, in, in Romans 5, 10, it says the following. It says that if, if, we, um, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, so much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So we also think about reconciliation. But here's the thing, we, we seldom think about all the other extra things that come with having holy uh, a communion. And that's what I'm gonna sp speak about today. In, in Mark 8, there's lots of healing miracles that happen where Jesus, he heals the leper, he heals the centurion, the servant, he heals Peter's mother-in-law. Um, so if you have a sick mother-in-law and you love her, ask Jesus, he will heal them. Um, I love my mother-in-law. I've got the best mother-in-law. Yes. Um, we see in Mark 1 where Jesus casted out the demons um, it was a, a, a demon, a possessed man that was in church there. Like, hello, there can be people in church with demons. Jesus casted out a, a demon from a man in church. Um, we see in Luke 22 when one of his disciples took a sword and cut the ear of one guy. Jesus put the ear back and healed the man as well. So it's a creative a miracle that happened and it's all it's all entangled in communion the provision for all of these things has been made through a, a, a communion and I hope that if I'm going to share today that it'll open up our th th thinking about what communion truly entails there's so much more to it. So, as well, and you guys know the story about the Israelites. Everyone knows the story about the Israelites in the desert. So before they were in the desert, they were in captivity in Egypt. They were there because, not because they were serving a God, they were in captivity because they were not serving God. That's why they were there. And Scripture says that while they were there, they were enslaved, because why? They were weak, they were sick. The scripture says they were f f f f feeble. But then, 
one night ahead. The pass over. Thank you for the tree for confirming that. And after that, and after that one night, Scripture says, I think also in Psalms 105, it says that they were not sick and weak anymore. They were completely restored after one night. Well, one night of what? So the only thing between yesterday and today was they partook of the, the lamb, the sacrificial lamb that Passover. So, and that's, that's the first clue of what it means to have life in Jesus. What it means when we partake of the lamb. What it means when we have holy communion. When Jesus came to us quite a few years ago, he came to give us life. And it's not just what we think. It's not just eternal life. It's also the life we have here now today because he is now here with us as well now. So it's not just about eternal life, but also the, um, in the here and the now. And that the fullness of life that he has for us also includes our health, if that makes sense. Now, if we, um, if, if we do a little bit of research, we'll see that over the ages, there were quite a few people that they, they somehow they walked in that divine healing and they never ever got sick. Um, I think I once mentioned Smith Wigglesworth, and he, he lived in the beginning of the 19th century or something. That guy walked and he never ever became sick. So there's something that he understood about scriptures, about walking with Jesus, about holy communion, that he actually lived it out. And for him, it wasn't just a story that he heard from someone that said it, that saw it on YouTube, link on Facebook. Like he he, he experienced that way of life himself. And there's a few more of that as well. Um, but it takes faith to, uh, to live that out and to, uh, to understand what that means and to understand that Jesus made a provision for that. What we need to do is to accept it by faith and not just accept accepted, but also then to live it out. There's always an action to it. Amen? Make sense so far? Okay. Let's go to John 6, and I'm going to read um, from verse 48 to 51, also in the New King James Version. John 6, verse 48 to 51. Start verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. Verse 50. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will 
live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. I'm just going to read that again. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. And then the next one is awesome. This is the bread. So I, I imagine Jesus now is just speaking dead to people. He's like, this is the bread. Look at me. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. And I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of this world. So we, we understand if we read again the, the scripture that who sent Jesus? He didn't come by himself. He was sent by who? His father. So he's the, 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 the father um, sent him to be the eternal life for us. And, um, and through this scripture, I think as well that it, it, Jesus wanted the people to understand what he's trying to say. And I'm going to link this up now with, with Holy uh, Communion. Is he was trying to say to people that you can eat these things, but then you'll die. But if you eat of this, if you partake of me, you'll have eternal life. So there's this one scripture as well, I forgot to take notes, but it's in the Bible, I promise, where he talks about those who have ears, let them hear. Those who have eyes, let them see. And he was trying with this scripture to bring people to an understanding, like people see. See, you see, but you don't see, you're blind. People see, that brings death, this brings life. If you hear it, don't just hear it, understand it. He was trying to get this through to people that there's, a, there's understanding that they need. Um, <coughs> let's, let's go to, to, to the next one, John 6, verse 52 to 58. John 6, verse 52, verse, verse 58, and I'll start with verse 52. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're like, what the heck? How do you eat his flesh? Next verse. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, and I was like, I, I, I hear what you are th thinking about um, eating the flesh. I've got something else for you. And he said to them the following. He said, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. What must have gone through those people's minds? And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Jesus was pretty radical. Verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 55. Um, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, 
again, it says, the Father sent him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, crucial part there, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. I'm just quickly going to read verse 57 again. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. So Jesus wants us to, 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 to feed on him, why? We, we see in just that one verse, verse 57, that it, 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 Jesus had a means of partaking of the Father, just as we now have a, a means to partake of him. So he wants us to understand that part taking that union, unity that he has with his father, we, we can have the same with him. So he wants us, if we have eyes, he wants us to see that. If we have ears, he wants us to hear it. He wants to bring us to an understanding what it truly means. And it's not an easy thing to understand, but it's something we need to learn and research. He wants us to dis dis discover that. And then it's, it says also in the scripture, when, um, when he said all these things about eat my flesh and drink my blood, many people left him, many disciples left him, many people that was in church left him because this is too radical, this is too weird. But through the power of a communion, we will see that salvation is much more than just repenting of your sin. There's, there's so much more to it that the Lord wants for us as his children. And we think, we sometimes think that when we repent of our sins, we, 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 we now have eternal life. Now we're all done, all, so, all sorted. Nothing more to do. The scripture says otherwise. Um, I'm just going to read Romans 5, verse 10 again. It's not on the board, but I have it here in my notes. It says there, For if when we were enemies, that's not saved, rebelling against God, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, so much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So it's, it's this, but so much more. You understand? It's not just, I'm saved, I'm happy. There's so much more that he has for us. So what does that mean? When we get saved, it's so much more than just our eternal 
life. You know, Jesus understands that while we are on earth, that we still live a life where the enemy came and he stole from us. He made our lives hard and he sometimes still is. But the Lord knows because he, it's, it's, it's about not just our eternal life, but also the life that we now live on earth that he wants to come and restore from us what the enemy stole also here on earth. It's not just always for one day somewhere where it takes so long that people begin to lose hope. He wants to restore now also that we do not lose hope. Make sense? So I'm gonna use a big word here now. I hope I can say it right. But salvation is for the entirety I missed that one, of our tripartite being. So it's, in essence, it's, it's for us, our soul, our spirit, and our body. It's for the restoration of all. Um, and, how do, and, and, um, and how do I see that? If we can turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. It says the following. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you What's the next word? Completely. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. So, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So that completely, he speaks it with, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. So that's where we are now. It's not just for one day when we're in heaven, when we're just spirit, nobody. So it's now here where we still have a body. Um, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit so and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it says in essence that our soul, that's our mind, our will, our emotions, our mind, our thinking, our will, I, I will buy a new car when I don't have the money. Our mind, our will, our emotions, open up. Today I'm happy, tomorrow I'm sad. When I'm sad, I, I buy food. When I'm happy, I buy cars. But it's like open up and open up emotions. It's not something you can trust. Mind, will, emotions be blameless before God. Then our spirit, that's wisdom, communion, conscience. It's, it's how we interact with God. He wants to make that, according to that scripture, blameless. Our, the body, that's our flesh, bone, blood. He wants to make it blameless. Our whole, um, where is that verse? Our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. So, 
I hope this all still makes sense because it, it, it's a little bit more than our normal just having uh, uh, communion. It, it goes a little bit more, more deeper. So, so please don't lose me here. Otherwise, you're going to miss the whole thing. Um, let's go back to Isaiah 53 verse 5. Isaiah 53 verse 5 where it says the following. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And if you have that on the screen, you can, you can leave that there. So that scripture, it deals with three things. And number one, it talks about spiritual healing. And that comes through the forgiveness of sins. It talks about he was wounded. So that word wounded, it means, it literally means in Hebrew, pierced. The word transgressions, uh, it literally means rebellion, pierced for our rebellion. So we have to understand this children of God that each time we rebel against God, against who he is and what he does, it's like we're piercing him again and again. He was pierced for our rebellion. It says there he was bruised. If you look at the Hebrew as well, it literally means he was crushed, but much more than that, it means he was misshapen. So he was misshapen. It's not just a, a bruise that, uh, and you walk into a, the corner of the bed is a good one. I do that regularly. And then you have a, a, a bloke or what do you call it, a bruise in your leg. It's not that. Much more than that. It's, he was so misshapen that people couldn't recognize that he was a man. So the pictures we see on the internet and on the movie, it, it's only that bit. His, his iniquities, it literally means perversions, um, that Jesus died for the most perverse of mankind. Therefore, there's also healing available for the most perverse of people. So, crushed perversions. So we we can we can we can take those two words and we we can say that it is it is it is um, when we fall into that group that our spirit is misshapen of allowing those things in our lives and he he came to to bring that or to allow us to 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 restore that again so that we don't even have a misshapen spirit again it's spiritual deformities okay number two is our soul I'm healing for our soul so his soul was Wounded. When we when we read this story about um, when when he was in the the, the garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, 
his soul was in anguish. He's like, Lord, Father, I don't want to do this, but if it's your will, I will do it. His soul was in anguish. He was rejected by the people. And that's, and for us, it relates to when you have the mental anguish, when you have emotional upheavals, boom, 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 about things that happen in your life. When your, when your soul are tormented, like it just, there's just so many things all the time. It feels dark, it feels heavy, you feel depressed. Um, intellectual confusement, I wrote that down here, intellectual conf confusement that we, we go through because there's so much things in life that just def def defies our thinking, our logic. Um, and it, it brings our souls uh, anguish. And verse three says that he was despised and re rejected. So it's a soul um, issue. And who likes to have that? I mean, um, I'm, I'm not gonna talk a, 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 a lot about that because we've, uh, we've been running a little bit of time. But I remember when I was in school, in primary school, um, man, I was rejected a lot because of, I was in a school and my mom was also in that school, so just because she was their teacher, kids didn't like, and because of some other th things as well, they, they rejected, they outcast me, and, and that's something I had to live by my whole school, um, school year, so that's not something that we all want, then, but he overcame that, um, what else did I write? Verse 10 that says, um, for the oppressed and the afflicted, it's talking about mental um, anguish, emotional um, issues. Um, and he overcame that also. So if he overcame it, it means that he made provision for us as well to overcome it. It all comes back to having um, communion with him. Um, Say, for instance, if we have um, issues with our job at home, we feel misunderstood. Um, sometimes when we do something for people, try to do something good, and it backfires. And it's a mess, and everything just implodes. Why? Is, and I've, I've learned my lesson with that uh, quite a few times, that sometimes we want to help the people because it makes us feel good. If we help them, it makes us feel good. So it's, a, it's something that stirs up our soul, our this, our that. So it's more to do with us. And then we, we wonder, but why did this happen? What, what did I just do? Why did it backfire? It's because our souls are not at a healthy place. And, and, um, and that's why the Lord wants us as well to have our souls restored. Our souls must become strong. How do your soul become strong? That's the interesting one. Your soul becomes strong when it submits under your spirit. Because now the soul think it's strong because it's up here. It wants to rule and regulate your life, your mind, your thinking, your emotions, and things just does not work out. The Lord wants us have our souls restored, to have our souls strong again, and it only can become strong when it submits under your spirit. Make sense? If not, come and talk to me afterwards.
And once your soul gets healed, you quit doing those things. Jesus made provision for that. And also, number three then, what we see from that scripture is physical healing. It says in verse 5, and by his stripes we are healed. So, if Jesus made a provision for physical healing, uh, for um, spiritual healing, soul healing, then it just makes sense that he also makes a provision for physical healing. That's our blood, the bone, the flesh, and all those things. So if, if you look at the flesh, it's any, any diseases that sort of attacks the flesh. Jesus made a provision for that as well to become whole because he took it upon him. Anything that, say, for instance, attacks your, your skin, because your skin is the biggest organ. It's not just skin. Ek het later geleer, skin is an organ. Someone wrote too fast, because I, I read a little bit slow, and they wrote too fast, so I just, I didn't get it. Anyway, thank you for the what gelaget. That's my attempt at another dad joke. Anyway, then, then also the, the bone. The, the, the bone relates to any def def deformities that start in the body start with your bones because that that has to do with your structure this is not a deformity this is a choice <laughs> let's just get that right yeah so any def def deformity starts with issues with a bone and that again leads to other issues and also um and also the, the blood. Any sickness and uh, diseases sits in the blood. And Jesus made also a, a provision for healing for any sickness and disease that comes through the blood. So he went through all these things because he wanted us to understand and to know and to see that he made provision for healing in all those areas to come. And there's a, a, a slide there that you can um, put up, Lauren. And it says, it says that all healings are miracles, but not all miracles happens instantaneously. Every healing is a miracle. Well, why do I say that? Because here's the individual and they are sick. M emotions, body, whatever, they are sick. Now for, so they, 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 they walk in in this one direction and they're sick. And, and for any miracle to happen, it needs to go the other way. So that instance something happens that they become whole, they become healed. That instance, a miracle happened. But now it can happen right there and then, or it can take a while. So all healings are miracles, but not all miracles happen instantly. Um, just a short thing that, um, that I want to share. Many years ago, I, I worked at a, a church in Australia, and I met there a girl that um, she she had some, I um, some issues within her soul 
and everything and she cut herself. You can just put that a little bit, Reino, just the sound a little bit softer. Yeah, thank you. Um, so she used to cut herself on her wrist. Um, and, and she really, is this still on? Okay, huh? Yeah, it's the sound is it's a softer. Okay. She um she she cut herself because there was so much much anguish and hurt with, with, uh, and within her soul, and when she when she came to uh, Jesus and she walked the path and she, so she first became whole in spirit. She gave her heart to Jesus and and she walked with him. She begin to understand who he is and what it is to be connected to him, what it is to, to partake in, in his life, in who he is. And, and there was an instance, um, we were actually good friends, but there was this one, one instance where she had an encounter with the Lord the one day, and the next day when she came to church, no more scars. It, 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 it totally disappeared. The Lord healed her in that sense as well. That is just an encounter with the living God that moves and walking with him and abiding in him. And he restored her, her soul, her spirit, and her body by partaking in him. So again, salvation plays a very important part of what Jesus did for us. But like it says in Romans 5, there was so much more. Isaiah 53 verse 4 talks about grief, which literally means weak, sick, afflicted. And I'm nearly done. But it, it says that that word grief, that means weak and sick and afflicted, in Deuteronomy 7 verse 15, it says, um, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of these terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. And that word sickness, Isaiah 53 verse 4 talks about the, the grief, which means sickness and afflicted. Now that same word sickness in Deuteronomy, it comes from the same Greek word and Hebrew word that means, uh, you, you pronounce it, koli. So it's the same word. And Jesus promises there that he will take away those sickness. He will take it away. But there's a, thing that we have to partake of him. He will take away our sorrows, which literally means when we're in pain, he will remove that pain. We don't need and have to have that pain anymore. He made provision for that as well to come to an end. He made a provision. And like I said in the start, God's provision is always there but it only affects us, it only shows in our lives instantly or over a while 
receive it by faith. Amen. So because Jesus overcame from all of this, we can have a full abundant life in him. And in conclusion, you can now put on the next this, this slide with the music. And in conclusion, apart from giving your heart to Jesus and apart from being saved, having a, a communion is most likely one of the most important things that we can do as believers. Too often we, we come to church and we know, okay, cool, today is now the day where we have some communion, so we come to church, we hear the sermon, we have the communion, it's like a ritual thing, it's like something that, that we do, because that's what we do in church, we take the, the wine and the bread, Jesus on the cross, forgiveness, reconciliation, sure, hectic, crazy, done, but when we take it today, think about what I've shared with you guys this what communion with God truly means for us. And I believe that there will be, be people here today that when you take a communion, there will be restoration in your soul and in your body. And you will testify of that restoration because you won't be able to hold back what God did in your life. says in the scripture, do this in remembrance of me. That implies what? Or is it a nice word? No, no. He says this because he wants us to recognize who he is. He wants us to recognize what he did. He wants us to recognize what he can do. Because why? He, he wants us to know that he wants to act on our behalf to be our father he wants to be the one that heals us that provide for us so when we take a communion today the fruit of the, the, the vine and the bread I want us to take it in remembrance of him but not just remembrance and so much more so remembrance plus of Jesus and what he did and the provision that he made for you. Actually, one term, I want us to do something else today. Um, I'm not going to ask the team to hand out the communion today. I'm going to ask everyone to, to stand up row by row and to come and walk as a, a prophetic step to walk out and to take your, your cup and your bread and as you walk you ask the Lord if there's something that he wants to bring healing within your life today, your spirit, your soul your body, it can be anything and believe it, you receive it then by faith Take it, go back to your, your seat, and you as an individual have time with the Lord, and you 
speak with him. Ek het genoeg gepraat, I'm not going to talk for you to God, you can all speak to, 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 to God yourself. But you ask him, you, you step out and say, God, what is it that I must believe you for? If you don't have anything, then you ask him, because we all have something. But God, what is it that I can believe you for? And I believe that the Lord will put in your mind something, not someone. It's not about whoever else now, it's now about you and God, your walk with God. you now also to take a bold step if there's if there's anyone that feel you know you, you, you struggle with this thing you want us to, to, to pray for you then when you take your communion come and sit in front and I will ask um, some of our team to come and pray with you because God has provided and he wants to provide for each and every one of us this morning Take that step. I always ask it when I say amen, the people out the door. Do not leave today when you haven't received something from God this morning. So before I pray, um, before I pray, yes, I'm going to ask everyone to, to stand and just... Uh, one row, the second row, just come and take for you a communion and the bread, and when we're all seated, I'll, I'll just open up for us in prayer for the communion. So you can, you can start.
humble yourself and talk to God. And, and for, for those who want us to, to pray be, be, before we end the service, please come and sit in front and um, I'll have our team to pray with you. For the woman on the one side and the men on the other side, I'll ask Amina and, and the, 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 the Leandra to come and pray with us in the service. This is your body, it's broken for us. And with the wine that comes from the vine, this is the blood that you shed for us. And yes, God, we recognize this, and we do remember as a church. And I thank you, Lord, that through the scriptures today and the teaching today, that you opened up our eyes, Lord God, to see so much more, to see so much more of who you are and what you did. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just come and, and solidify this understanding within our hearts, Lord God. That when we eat of your flesh and drink of your blood, of what it truly means for us, I pray, Lord, that you will open up our eyes, that when we have eyes that we will see and when we have ears that we will hear and that we will understand and that we will see so much more of you. And I, I pray, Lord, that what we do and the work you do within us, let it be a witness to your glory. Let it be a witness to who you are. I pray, Lord, partaking in, 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 in these elements that it will bring the, the back, Lord God, that sacred awe that you have for this as well, because it reminds us of you and, of, of, and, and it represents you, Lord Jesus, your body and your blood. And we ask this to glorify your name, Jesus. now have your own time with Jesus and for anyone who wants the prayer at the end please come forward and we'll pray for you
thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you that you are here today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can tangibly feel your presence this morning. Thank you, God, that we know that you are increasingly going to pour out the measure of your presence, Lord Jesus. so many different levels and it's all just because of you and we pray Lord that this will become so much more visible and intense within our church we pray that your 